we're pretty much have the conviction that it's helpful to understand what's really going on. Kind of like if you're trying to cross a dark room, it'd be really nice if somebody flicked the lights on and off once or twice for you, just for you to understand where the obstacles are and where the clearer path is. And we think research helps do that. Welcome to Baptist Without an Adjective, a podcast of Word and Way. I'm your host, Word and Way editor and president, Brian Kaler. On this program, we'll hear from Baptists from across the denominational, ethnic, national, and ideological lines that too often divide us. At Word and Way, we've been informing and inspiring Baptists since 1896. Learn more about us at wordandway.org. This episode is sponsored in part by the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. Experiencing Christ's love is just the beginning. Pursue your call to love God and love your neighbor at the 2019 CBF General Assembly, June 17 to 21 in Birmingham, Alabama. Join the Cooperative Baptist family as they worship, learn, and grow through innovative training experiences, nightly worship, partner events, and a vibrant exhibit hall with booths, live podcasts, and music. For more information and to register, visit cbf.net slash assembly. In this episode, we're going to have a conversation with Scott McConnell, Executive Director of LifeWay Research. LifeWay Research is this survey and polling arm of the Southern Baptist Convention's LifeWay Christian Resources. Scott has worked for LifeWay Research since 2006 and has led the organization since 2016. I had a chance to sit down with him last month in Oklahoma City during the annual convention of the Evangelical Press Association. And it was exciting to talk to him to learn a little bit more about LifeWay Research. We often include some of their survey and infographics in copies of Warden Way magazine. So he's going to talk about what they do and why they do it and, and some of their recent findings. So I hope you find this conversation to be interesting and informative. Here's my interview with Scott McConnell of LifeWay Research. First of all, Scott, thanks so much for joining us on the program. Glad to be with you. So you are with LifeWay Research. So for those who may not be familiar, what do you all do? We do research. <laughs> Very good. Uh, primary research. So we're, we're doing original studies, qualitative and quantitative, on the church and on the culture today. And how long have you led LifeWay Research? Led the organization for about two years, but I've been with LifeWay Research since it started 12 years ago. And how did you get into doing research? I actually have a degree in marketing. And so when I got out, I thought I'd have some like brand management type job. But the first good offer I got was from a market research firm. And actually, probably one of the original market research firms located in Philadelphia called National Analysts at the time, Naxian today, and got to work on some great projects for about three years, some Fortune 100 companies. But one of those projects was with a Baptist publisher, Baptist Sunday School Board at the time, now Lifeway Christian Resources. Loved the project and there was an entry level job and I jumped at the chance to, to work for Lifeway. So had you been Baptist before and... The first church I attended as a, as a child was Baptist General Conference, Converge today. Yeah. Then our family moved to Philadelphia. I went to a non-denominational church. And then when I moved to Nashville to work at Lifeway, I found a Southern Baptist church there in Nashville. So some people might wonder, well, why do we need to be spending money doing research? And, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about some of your specific projects. But first of all, I want to get that big picture of, of why even do this research. We're pretty much have the conviction that it's helpful to understand what's really going on. Kind of like if you're trying to cross a dark room, 
it'd be really nice if somebody flicked the lights on and off once or twice for you, just for you to understand where the obstacles are and where the clearer path is. And we think research helps do that. We understand sometimes when the lights get flicked on with a project that, that the news isn't always good, but that the church isn't as healthy as we want it to be, or our culture is, is looking less like God would want it to look. And, and yet other times we see some good news. We, we, we see some great stories of churches that are serving the people in their community and sharing Christ with them and stories of just rapid growth of people coming to Christ. And, and those are exciting times. We, we feel it's our obligation to really tell the truth either way, what we find, and, and to be objective and, and scientific with how we do the research. I like that metaphor of, of flipping on the lights, and particularly because it was the idea that you're flipping it on and the lights are going back off, right? And so that, and that's what your research is. It's a snapshot, and it's, it's, it's not necessarily the, the end-all, be-all, and we can now see everything, but it does give us a quick glimpse of perhaps a better understanding of what's in the room. Very much so. Snapshot's a word we use quite a bit because it's a, it's a point in time. Literally, events could happen the next day that would change people's opinions. Now, on most subjects, that doesn't happen. But once in a while, we'll run across a topic that where American or churchgoers' opinions change rapidly. And, and it's important for us to be monitoring those things. So how do you do this research? Totally depends on who we need to learn from. So, you know, first, we, we try to work backwards, you know, from the decision we need to make or what exactly we need to be learning. And once we sketch out what we need to learn, then it, it's a matter of who, who knows that, who best knows that, and then, and then coming up with a method to, to reach them in a systematic way. So if it's pastors, we're typically doing a phone survey because there's not a list of every pastor's email and pastors just said, amen. Uh, <laughs> um, if we're trying to reach Americans, if we're trying to reach churchgoers, typically we're tapping into one of the very large online panels that are constantly recruiting Americans who are willing to do research. And one of the larger panels we work with has a million people in it. So it's not just this tiny group of people that are speaking into to what we do or, or much less what a lot of, of companies are researching. But it's in a very systematic way. We're able to make sure the demographics look like churches today or look like Americans today you know, the exact population we're looking at. Because it really is a science to get the demographic makeup right, to get enough people in the pool that you can get all of this data. You really have to pay attention to a lot of these kind of numbers. Absolutely. These are the same scientific methods that sociologists and psychologists are using in their work in academia and their work in the sciences. And so, you know, we want to be using those standards and, and not settling for less. So the pastor's listening, if LifeWay Research calls, answer your phone and answer the survey, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It, it, it's, you know, yes, it takes a few minutes of our time, but it really is a contribution to others when you do. It, there's usually, you know, on some projects there might be an incentive to participate, but in, in many cases it really is helping others with just a few minutes of your time. And, and we find that pastors, if we can catch them, uh, you know, they're often, you know, serving somebody, you know, not in the church office when we're calling. But when we can catch them, and we call until we do, um, you know, when we catch them, they're usually very polite, willing to spend a few minutes with us. Well, let's, let's move from, you know, some of the science part that some people might find not quite as exciting and then jump to some of the results. What have been uh, the couple of your more recent projects that you all have put out? You know, we do a variety of things from, from just some polling questions. One of the recent ones we did just a week ago was pastor's opinions on sports betting. 
The NCAA tournament was starting, and it's one of those things where you know you hear some astounding numbers of billions of dollars being bet through formal channels, not to mention a friendly wager between friends, and just getting pastor opinions on that. And we actually saw some some strong differences between pastors' opinions on sports betting and what we saw from Americans. But both groups actually are not wild about it being legal nationwide, which because of a court case about a year ago, that's actually a possibility. Did your all's team have any bets about how the results would come out? <laughs> <laughs> we, we actually didn't. We, we did not. But we, we, we played the fan, with the free fantasy things. And I, I'd be happy to talk about last year's uh, performance for my bracket, but not this year. Not this year. <laughs> yeah, mine's not any good this year either. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that, that's kind of one of the, the current topics we hit. Just a couple questions. But this spring, we'll have a lot of data on discipleship in churches. And not just how pastors are doing it, which is actually that's where we're going to lead off. But, but the other releases will be really learning from the laity where they're at in their spiritual walk using you know, some validated questions that we've, that we've tested over time. So you know, trying to help churches with really their core purpose and, and, and circling back to those things. And you know, we've done some great research with partners. So you know, partnered with Ligonier Ministries on, on, on theological questions that, that Americans believe, partnered with the Billy Graham Center at Wheaton on evangelism and and understanding the unchurched more. And so we, we have a privilege of partnering with other other like-minded ministries that want to know the facts about what's going on in, in our church and in, in our culture today. We, we think it helps pastors and, and leaders make better decisions. You know, we think some of these topics kind of give us a kick in the pants. You know, when we've done research on mental illness in the church, divorce in the church, abuse in the church, you know, those are topics we've not really wanted to talk about. And in some respects, maybe previous generations swept them under the rug and made them hush hush, trying to protect the church's reputation or God's reputation. But God calls sin, sin. And God also calls, you know, weakness and sickness, you know, what they are. And he wants us to turn to him during those times. And we, we believe some of those topics have been some of the most rewarding, even though they're very difficult sometimes to, to write the survey, to read the results. Those are difficult things to, to work through. But God wants the church to be there for people at, in their times of need. And we feel that those are important topics for us to be addressing. Yeah, having read through many of your survey results in the past, you know, they, they are very practical. There are things that pastors, other church leaders can pull from them as they're thinking about the ministry. I particularly think of one that you all had, one of your, your more recent ones, looking at those that, who dropped out of churches, which is, you know, a question that if you get too many pastors together and you start asking, you start thinking, well, what's wrong with these younger generations and where are they? Where are they? Why are they leaving? I guess that was really more what that particular survey was about. Yes, and, and even quantifying how many. So among young adults who had attended church for at least a year in high school, so the church had a shot at these young people, we see that 66% of them step away from attending regularly for at least a year between ages 18 to 22. And, and we see a lot of the reasons are, are very logistical. There, there's a lot of changes going on in their lives as they either go to school or they start jobs, maybe, and, and those are the age groups that move the most. So all those factors really logistically kind of upset the apple cart. And so there's lots of opportunities for the church to be investing beforehand. And we find that two-thirds of those young people who step away from church weren't planning on it. And so really preparation and having conversations and encouraging parents to have conversations with their kids about where does church fit into your life and it's your choice. And, and those are important things that, that a church can be doing. 
we see that some of those young adults are already coming back. So as things settle down in their lives, they, they start remembering that, that there were some good things at church, good relationships, and they want to get back to that. Sometimes they actually feel or, or, or hear a call from God to come back to church. And so, so those things are happening. But we also see that family members and friends are reaching out to them, inviting them back. And those tangible invitations, not giving up on young people is an important part of, of the church's role in their lives. And, and really one of the most powerful statistics in, in, that entire, in, in that entire study was just the value of relationships with adults. So as these teenagers are, are going through their teen years, everything's a big deal in their lives. And when there's adults at church that care about them spiritually and personally, that has a huge impact on their lives. And they're much more likely to stay in church when there's those adults that they can name by name that, that, that care about them. And, you know, when, when friends their age are also going different directions when they're 18, 19 years old, they at least know there's going to be a friendly adult welcoming them when they step back into church on a Sunday. So I wonder, as you think through all your, your surveys that you've done during your time there, Lifeway Research, is there one that was that stands out as perhaps it was the most surprising result? You know, I know you're, you're going in these and you want to make sure you get the right result, but you, sometimes you probably have a little bit of a sense of where the results might go. When you work in statistics, you're not supposed to be surprised. You, you know, usually when we see a surprise, we go, what did we do wrong? Uh, you know, in our process, we'll double check, we'll triple check. You know, I think when we did the research on mental illness, you know, we actually surveyed family members of those with, with pretty serious mental illness. We were able to survey a couple hundred people that had major depression, schizophrenia or bipolar. So, so serious mental illness. But we also surveyed pastors and to actually hear that a good sized minority of pastors had experienced mental illness themselves, you know, just brought it home that pastors are real people too. You know, this is happening in the church and we need to be turning to professionals for help. And we need to be talking about the presence of mental illness in our lives and not pretending it's not happening, not pretending that, that it's the result of a spiritual problem, but knowing that we can invest on the spiritual side when somebody's going through something like that, but we also can get them help from professionals who understand mental illness. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, getting those kind of big picture shots can be really encouraging for those that are struggling, whether it be the mental illness, you know, there's a family member who has that or are struggling with that yourself, or even, you know, your church and you're wondering where are the young people and where they're going and realizing that you're not alone, that this is something that a lot of people are are struggling with the exact same issues. And you don't, you can't necessarily see that in your own day-to-day -day life. You know, the, the, I guess the idea of not seeing the forest because of the trees and you all are helping us see the forest. You're not alone in what you're struggling with or what you're experiencing in your church. And, and in some respects, it can be daunting all the areas we need to be applying God's word in our personal lives, but just in our communities and, and in our church family. And, you know, some pastors may feel overwhelmed if they read all, all the research we do, because it's like, wow, that's one more need we need to be helping with one more. But God's equipped us, you know, to walk the journey with people. He hasn't equipped us to be experts in every one of these things they're going through, but he's equipped us to walk with them, you know, spiritually through those tough times. And, and I think, you know, we need to understand that's our role. And if God begins to equip your church with, with people with skills to do more in a, a particular area, or your community has a need that just pops up higher than other communities, you know, then you need to be stepping in, you know, a little more seriously in those areas. But, 
you know, just to make a list of all the needs that we've touched on through the years, you know, pretty, pretty imposing. But I, I think it can be good reminder sometimes when you're doing sermon prep or you're doing planning at your church that, you know, maybe I need to mention a couple of those other things that we haven't mentioned in a while. You know, like families who have some, you know, family member who's in prison or, you know, things that we may not think of every day that might, may not be the front burner thing that happened this week that crossed our desk. But but we need to be thinking about families in a lot of different situations that are, are caregiving for loved ones and, you know, have kids going through a hard time or kids who are not in church and, the, and they're heartbroken over it. Those are all things that that, you know, we as pastors, we as, as Sunday school leaders, we need to be aware that, that those, and, and asking each other, what, what are we really going through in our lives so that we can show the love of Christ in those situations? So if someone wants to learn more about your all's research, where do they go and what can they find? At LifeWayResearch.com, LifeWayResearch.com. You'll see our latest stories right at the top of the page. You can sign up for an email newsletter. It just comes out once a month, reminds people of new research we've put out that month. But you scroll down to the middle of the page, you'll see an archive or at the top, you can use the search box. And, you know, if you've wondered, has LifeWay Research ever done research on, you know, pop, pop in that keyword and, and take a look at what we may have asked pastors or we may have asked Americans or churchgoers at some point in the past that kind of gives you your bearings on that topic. Yeah. And I'll note that for those that haven't looked at it yet. It's, it's easy to digest. You all have written up some, some, you know, it's not like you're just looking at the numbers, right? You've written up the results and kind of helped explain. A lot of times there's a quotation from you or someone that, oh, this is kind of what we found and what it means. There's usually some infographics that help visually demonstrate some of the numbers. So it's very, it's, it's very easy to digest, easy for a, a layperson with no research experience to get a feel for what you all found. Well, thank you. It's a team effort, and, and we've got some great writers that, that write up an article each time we release research. Usually, if you scroll to the bottom, you can look through the actual numbers if you'd ra rather look at each each question one at a time. And then also, we have a graphic designer that usually makes one or two charts with, with each release, so you can just get a couple pictures of what's going on. Well, very good. Well, thank you so much for all the work that you do. We often include one of those infographics from some of your survey in the issues of Word and Way magazine, and it's helpful to be able to have some quality research on some important issues that are facing churches and Christians and our culture today. And so thank you for all you do, and thank you for joining us on the program. Thank you for the conversations that you're creating. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Baptist Without an Adjective. If you want to learn more about LifeWay Research, as Scott mentioned in an interview, you can find them at lifewayresearch.com. As always, you can find us at wordandway.org. And don't forget to check out our sponsoring partner for this week's episode, the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship at cbf.net. If you have comments or feedback about this program, I hope that you will email them to me at bkaler at wordandway.org. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends on Facebook and head over to iTunes or your favorite podcast platform to write a positive review to help more people to find the show. If you'd like to give to support this program, we greatly appreciate it. You can head to wordandway.org and hit the donate button. Anything you give there will help not only the production of this program, but also our monthly magazine and our website. Thanks for listening.